Hey, Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor JP here. Hey, we're so glad that you're joining with us on our podcast today. I pray today that this message stirs your faith, that it builds you up, that it draws you closer to the Father's heart, and ultimately that you just feel the embrace of heaven. We would love to stay connected with you and you to stay connected with us. So please feel free to check us out on our website, oasischurchchicago.com, or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Also, you can be sure to join with us on our live stream on our YouTube page every Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Now here's today's message. Thanks, Josh. We, we miss him in Mexico. Um, and there's a number of people here from Mexico, actually. Um, we've got his in-laws, um, faithful, faithful servants in, in the church in Mexico. Justo and Amalia. Yeah, that's great. <clears throat> and then uh, we have a Bible school, and uh, we also use it as a language school. And one of our graduate students is here. Uh, uh, Carson, where are you? Would you? Yeah, Carson's right here. So, uh, and um, thank you so much, Pastor, for having me. It's been a great honor. They've been treating me like a king or a prince or whatever you want to say. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm a missionary. I've been a missionary for 34 years in Mexico and before that in other places. But... Um, I said to a lady on the plane uh, sometime back, I said I was a missionary, and she said, you're a mercenary? <laughs> and I said, no, you, you're a little confused. But um, <clears throat> it's, um, it's, it's, it's great to um, be able to preach the gospel in Mexico. We love Mexico, and especially Mexicans. And um, buenos dias, todos los que hablan español, este... Voy a predicar todo en español, mejor. No, 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 no. no. Uh, I want to share something with you that, um, uh, you know, I, uh, whenever you're going to speak somewhere, you, 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 know, you, you want to hear God and, and share, share what he's saying, right? And so Exodus 4, 1 through 5. Then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me. Or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. So the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a rod. And he said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from it. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and grab it by the tail. He reached out his hand and caught it and became a rod in his hand. That they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. So I have a, a rod here. Could you bring me my rod? High class. Um, <clears throat> And the Lord said, what do you have in your hand? Um, and Moses said, a bunch of excuses. Right? I want you to hear me really good. Excuses are of the devil. We have a saying in Mexico, when they invented excuses, they did away with fools. Ex excuses are the first. Well, what if they don't believe me? God starts speaking to you. That's the first thing you're going to do. You're going to say, well, well uh, 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 what, if, what if there's no money? What if no one comes? What if we don't have time? What if, what if I get sick? What if we run out of energy? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if? <laughs> Constantly making excuses, no? The Lord doesn't want your excuses. He wants what's in your hand. There's someone here this morning. You say amen. Thank you. I'll start doing this if you don't. No. Um, God always uses what you have. This is one of our themes that we've had for years in Mexico. It's, it's just a simple thing. What do you have? Quit telling me what you don't have. What do you have? Um, Luke 9.13 Jesus said to them, you give them something to eat. 
And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all these people. You know, there's no money. We, don't, we can't do this. It's, it's always an excuse, right? Is, is, is someone here used to that? You know, it's, it's the first thing that comes in your mind. There's some excuse. Well, I, 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 I don't know how to speak. I'm, I'm, I'm just small. I'm just tall. I'm just stupid. I'm just hungry. I'm just millions and millions of excuses constantly come. So I want you to look out for the butt, not B-U-T-T. You know, you, one guy was preaching, he said, you know, the butt's in the Bible. Um, Moses' butt, Paul's butt, but that's not what we're talking about, all right? But Moses answered and said to him, but. And you know, every time we're like, Lord, okay, I'll go, but I don't have any money. Okay, I'll, I'll preach, but that guy's scary looking. <laughs> You know, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's always, well, look out for the butt. If you have excuses, you still haven't surrendered to the Lord. You still haven't said, okay, I'll do it. Right? If you have excuses. And it's, it is amazing because everything we do in God, there, there's an element of faith. And you can doubt everything. Right? You, if you can't doubt it, it's not God. <laughs> Because there's always that ability to say, yeah, but, but really? And, and you, you have to get over excuses and, and start to use what you have. I, I, I hope someone's hearing me. Yeah, that, that was that amen I was looking for. Thank you. <clears throat> God's not limited. God doesn't limit you. What limits you is your excuses. And, uh, you know, you, you, can't, you can't run a family this way. You can't, you know, your kids come and they need something. And you're just like, yeah, but, but we just don't, we can't. Your kids don't want to hear you can't, right? Yes, we can. Yes. We have a culture of yes. Yeah. You know, the first thing you normally want to say is no. You know that? And, and um, God comes and says, what's in your hand? So that's really the, the thing I want to talk to you about today. What do you have in your hand? Moses had a stick, a staff, a rod. And uh, I don't know if he went to the, the staff store, <laughs> you know, and he got a really fancy one and, you know, the latest model. <laughs> I don't know. But... Um, I think it was just some stupid stick he found somewhere, right? It was, it was definitely something that to him was pretty common. It was not a big deal. And isn't that the way we see our things? That's not a big deal. My car is stupid. My, my, my house is stupid. My dog's stupid, <laughs> right? It's got this attitude of like, what I have is dumb. I, I realized this in my life because I had a, a, a family member who everything he had was just gold. And I mean, it was just like the best. And, and I bought a bunch of stuff from him and it was garbage. <laughs> and then I, I'd be like selling my car and I'm like, no, you know, it's really, yeah, it's really used. I'll, I'll knock it down some more in price. You know, what do you have in your hand? Well, we, we, we look down on what we have. You know, why don't I have the gifts that pastor has? Why can't I speak like, like Josh can? You know, and we look down and we compare among ourselves and we look at what we have and we say, oh, this is nothing. It's stupid. What do you have in your hand? It's a, it's a good question. Uh, when we first started the church in Tepic, where we're at in Mexico, um, we, you know, you start a church and there's so many costs and things and, and uh, 
it's, it's really hard sometimes to get things, but we got some money together and we decided to buy some speakers for the church. And uh, so we drove to Guadalajara. It's about a two-hour drive from us, three-hour. And uh, when we got to Guadalajara, we, we went on a shopping spree. I mean, we got really cool speakers. I had some cash. I had $400 cash. I had my passports everything in the car, I had the speakers, I had, and, and at the end of the day, we went to uh, Costco, there's a Costco in Guadalajara, and so we went, and man, we loaded up like two basketfuls, it was impressive, I gotta do something with this stick for a minute, <laughs> and that, it was, it was so awesome, you know, you know all those times when you just buy everything you want, and, you're, and we're walking out, with two carts full of stuff, my, my wife and I and another couple, and, and we go out and look, look around and couldn't find my truck with the money and the passports and the speakers and the, you know, we couldn't find the truck. And um, I, I was kind of freaking out. I thought, you know, my truck, <laughs> right? And, and so... I went and I, I said, it was right here. And, and they said, your, your truck was stolen. I went, no, this can't be. And so I went, of course, and called the police. And I'm standing there freaking out, completely freaking out. My passports, my money, oh, Dios, God, Dios mio, you know. I'm like, um, and, uh, and I call them up and they're like, okay, what's the license number? Uh... Anybody here know their license number? I mean, you're impressive if you know your license number because never even think about it, right? And so, you know, I'm calling. I'm trying to get somebody to go look at the papers in, in my, at home and get me the paper. And it's just crazy. And I had my, my, my children with me, and my daughter was probably seven, eight years old. And... Um, I, I'm, I'm just freaking out. You, you know those times when you're just like, the world has ended. My truck is gone. And, and uh, my daughter comes up to me, and she's like, Daddy, I got to go pee-pee. <laughs> like, Shut up, kid. <laughs> Can't you see that I'm in the middle of a very difficult situation? Do you have any concept I gotta go pee pee. So I'm like, okay, come on. And I grab her and I'm walking over across the road to this restaurant that had a bathroom and I'm just like, rah, rah, rah. and I felt God speak to me. And he said, look down. And I looked down, and there was my daughter. He said, you haven't lost anything. Look at what you have in your hand. We need to learn to see what we have. You know, one time, um, Hagar, Hagar, the uh, concubine of Abraham, uh, Sarah, the, Abraham's wife, got, in, got sick of her and they kicked her out. And she took her son, Ishmael, and, and they went and they, they sat down and, and uh, there was no water. She was dying. He was dying. And um, so she left the kid over a ways, and, and she sat down, and, and she thought, I, I can't watch him die. And the kid, you know, she didn't want to hear him crying. And, and it says that the Lord opened her eyes, and she saw a well, and they drank and, were, and survived. You know, the, the problem, I, I don't think God created a well. I think the well was there the whole time. But God opened her eyes. And she was able to see what she already had. you got to be able to see what you have in your hand. You, 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 you've been talking down to yourself. You've been thinking bad about yourself. And it's time to see what God has given you. So going back to the, the rod... That was Genesis. I, I should have given you the verse 20 for 21, 19. But um, 
Moses had a, a dumb stick in his hand. And, and God says, well, what do you have in your hand? And, you know, that, that staff, that rod, represented some major stuff. The Bible says in Ephesians 1 that you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So you have things that you can't see. So the rod represented a lot of things. First of all, it represented authority. And that was the rod that, that, you know, that Moses brought into Pharaoh. And he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. And um, <laughs> I, I got to just say this one thing. Because, you know, when Moses went, he said, they're not going to believe me. You know what happened when he went? They didn't believe him. <laughs> Isn't that so typical? <laughs> you get out there and then it's like, yeah, just what I said, God. <laughs> what are you thinking? Do you have any clue what a difficult my life is? <laughs> but the rod's a symbol of authority. Psalm 110.2. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. The, the kings held a, set, a scepter. Yeah, that's the word, right? Um, held a scepter up. And that was their authority. You know, when, when uh, Esther came before the king, he had to raise his scepter or else she was going to get killed. Right? And that, that, that is, you have authority. You know, as Christians, we, we need to remember that we have authority. People come to me and they're like, I, I got a ghost in my house. I'm like, well, kick it out. What are you doing? You know, don't just sit there and let the devil do what he wants. You've got authority. You and I have authority. Amen? The rod, the rod was a security. You know, you could lean on that thing, right? It was security. And, um, you know, it was, it was kind of always there, you know, like it says in Hebrews 13. I will never leave you or forsake you. And you have with you security. The whole world's looking for security. They're buying insurance and stuff. No one wants to take a risk. Everybody's worried about security. And, and yet you have in your hand the assurance that God is with you. Right? You can lean on him. You can stand on a rock. You can stay firm in the midst of battles. You made it through a stinking pandemic. Amen? What do you have in your hand? I, I don't know. You, I've got security. I mean, I can freak out. I can start throwing a bunch of excuses up there. Or I can say, yes, you're with me, Lord. And I know that you'll go before me. I know that you're before me, behind me, above me, beneath me. If I happen to fall, I'll fall into the everlasting arms. Amen? Thank you. You have the guidance of the Spirit of God. You have the direction of God in your life. You, you may need to learn how to use it. But, you know, the, the staff... Um, well, let me just read Psalm 32, verse 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. And the Lord has given you the staff, right? How would they guide sheep, right? They'd kind of just use those staffs, you know, those things, and, and they'd be able to grab them. They were also good for discipline, you know, and you have built in. You start getting off, and we give you a little smack, God, you know, it's the love of God, no big deal, right? You know, you're just like, oh, I'm going to marry so-and-so, and you're just right about there, and then she dumps you, and then you get saved from that thing, and then later on, when she's in the, you know, in the um, insane asylum and you're going, thank God, 
direction of God. Thank you, Lord, right? You're like, I've got to buy that car. And God just didn't let you buy that car. Thank God you've got direction in your life. Amen? There's direction. There's the leading of the Spirit of God. Uh, Amen. The rod represents the wisdom of God. You can discern between good and evil. You know, wisdom is not knowledge. I, I, you know, uh, a lot of people think that I'm not wise. I don't know much. I don't know the capitals. You know, I'm just kind of dumb. I don't know all the latest Beatle hits. <laughs> you know, whatever. The Beatles have been gone for a while, right? <laughs> but you, wisdom is just simple. Let me give it to you simple, okay? It's the ability to know how to do the will of God. It's just that you know what God wants and you know how to do it. That's wisdom. Right? So if you got wisdom for someone else, a word of wisdom, it's just tell, being able to tell them this is how you can fulfill the will of God for your life. Right? It's wisdom. And uh, <clears throat> the rod was used, it's, it's very interesting. In, in Revelation 11, is just one example of this. Verse 1, it says, Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod. And the angel stood and said, rise and measure the temple, the altar, and those who worship there. So they would use a rod like a measuring stick. And that that is what we have in our hand. We have the ability to measure, to to understand what's going on. We're wise. Amen? All the wise people say amen. Thank you. Uh, And... uh, I, 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 I want to give you one verse that I literally pray this verse over my life. And it's this. 1 Corinthians 1.30. But to him, but of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. The Bible says that if you ask for wisdom... God will give it, but don't ask doubting. So wisdom from God, you already have. He has been made unto you. How many of you believe in Jesus? Confess Jesus. You're a Jesus follower, right? You got wisdom. It's already in your hand. You don't have to freak out. You don't have to worry. You just got to say, God, show me what to do. And he'll show you what to do. The problem isn't that we don't have anything. The problem is we can't see it. Right? The problem is, is we're looking more at what we don't have and freaking out about all our problems so much so that we can't see what's in our hand right now. And, and if there's anything I could do for you today, it's, it's help you see a little bit what's in your hand. You know... Um, we had pastor kind of pray that word and that thing out. You know, how valuable is life? How valuable is life? Who gives life? God gives life, right? It was my mom. Well, your mom, she was born too. <laughs> I didn't know. Well, then her, my grandma, no, she was born too, Right? God gives life. He breathed into man and they became a living being. So you you have no right to determine the value of your life. He determines the value of your life. He says that you are precious. You are of great value. You could be saying, I don't have any talents. I, I can't do anything right. But you got a dumb stick in your hand. Now, I I want you to get the ending of this little chapter here, Exodus 4, 5, that they may believe 
that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. You know why people are going to believe that, that he appeared to you? Because he's going to use someone as insignificant as you. You know, I, I was a loser big time. I'm, I was in jail as a kid, all right? Spent eight months in detention. I was completely burned out on drugs. People down, these guys down there in Mexico sent them up to me. Uh, I, was, I was wiped out. I was completely, I couldn't even write my name. The, the, the week before I got saved, my brother-in-law, who was a youth pastor, said to my sister, said, if there's one person on the planet who can never be saved, it's Dwight. He's completely reprobate. He has no conscience. And a week later, I was sitting in his youth group. <laughs> Amen. So you, and I, I, I'm telling you, when people afterwards saw me, they were like, huh? What? That doesn't add up. That doesn't, that doesn't add up. How could this guy be that guy, <laughs> right? It's impossible. And, and still to this day, you know, my friends died in prison, wiped out, messed up. I've been serving God for 44 years. Amen? Um, 1 Corinthians 127. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world. Anybody ever feel foolish? But to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak thing. Anybody ever feel weak? <laughs> to of the world to put to shame the things that are mighty. God, God has chosen you and me so that they will believe that he has appeared. That's what's happening. And so when you're all worried about how weak and messed up you are, it's not about you. Uh -huh. And all, all God needs is for you to give him what you have in your hand. What do you have in your hand? Oh, you can do a little of this or a little of that or you, you're a happy person. Well, that's awesome. God can use that. You know, what can God do with you? If he can take someone like me and, and make me a missionary in Mexico speaking another language, my brain was fried. And yet here, here I am all these years later. God, God, all, all it takes is what you have. So we're not worried about what you don't have. We're not worried about what all the bad things going on. It, th those are just distractions. All you got to do is say, Lord, I, I, all I got is five loaves and some fish. Give it to me. Put it in his hands. Amen? So you just got some dumb little talent, some little, I mean, I've seen guys do just incredible, and you've seen it too. I, I know once one of my nephews, he was just, he would cut lawns. The dude is super rich. He's got a beautiful house. He's just cutting lawns, right? You, you, you may think what you have is stupid, but it's awesome. So I want you to stand up with me right now. There are so many things I could say to you when I come like a, a great opportunity. Thank you again, Pastor, for having me here. But it's such a great opportunity to be here. But man, I, I couldn't get away from this. You, you, you may feel like everybody else has it and you don't. You may feel like you're not that great a thing. You may feel like this poll I got from 
you know, the closet somewhere, right? Just whatever. But you are a chosen instrument of God. You are a chosen race. You're chosen. God, God's been calling all these people, but you responded. And you, you, at least you showed up. And God has a plan for your life. And God's going to use you. Amen? So we're going to pray in a moment, but Pastor, the Lord woke me up last night. <clears throat> it's the weirdest thing. I woke up and he said, I have tattooed this city on your heart. And that every ink mark is one of these guys. And that you have in your hand the, the calling you to, to, to stand in this spot, on this wall, at this time. God's looked around and he's looked for someone who'll stand in the gap. And, and it was strange last night because I don't usually get that. But he said, I've, I've tattooed Chicago on your heart. Amen. Amen. And, um, I think we need to pray for Pastor real quick. Just extend your hand out to him. I know he's always up and encouraging, but there's a burden on his heart, and we need to we need to all be part of that tattoo. Amen. Lord, thank you for JP. Thank you for this church. We pray over him just a new fire and encouragement, strength that you would use what you put in his hand. We join forces with him. We unite to see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray for all the, 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 the many, 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 many people who are going to be impacted by this church, and this team of pastors and these wonderful volunteers. We pray that you would supernaturally just give wisdom and direction on how to do it, Lord. Give direct steps, Father. Give direct direction in the name of Jesus. And we take authority over every demonic attack against Pastor JP, his wife, his children, all the other pastors of this church. We pray protection and blessing over their lives in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. There where you're at, I want you to close your eyes a moment. I want you to You know, I'm a grandpa. I only have one grandson. But he's he's just awesome. All of you guys are grandchildren. And dads and children and sisters and brothers. How precious are you? I'd do anything for my grandson. How precious are you? How important are you? And who in the world has the right to attack you? and speak evil of you. So right now in Jesus' name, like a granddad, I'm going to come and say, you're the best. You're the greatest. I say to my grandson all the time, you are awesome. You're the best kid in the world. And you need to hear it from the Father today. You are awesome. You're incredible. Shut up, devil. <laughs> Shut up. Leave, leave these, these ones alone. Leave them alone. In Jesus' name, we resist you. 
And I pray, Father, that you would encourage and build up every person here. That they would know that they're, they're your family, that you're the, they're your children. And I pray that you'd bless them right now, Lord. Right now, where you're at, just, just think for a second, what do I have in my hand? What do I have? You got something. Take a breath. You got something. God's still giving you air. You got something. And right now, determine in your heart to give that to God. Just say, okay, if you want to use this stupid stick, it's yours, God. It's yours, God. So right now, in Jesus' name, we give you everything you deserve, Lord. Give you our hearts. Give you our minds. Give you our souls. In Jesus' name. If you have never given your life to Jesus, take this opportunity. Take this opportunity to say, Jesus, I give you my life. He's so gentle and kind that he waits until you right now, if you've never given your life to Jesus, uh, I want you to do something. I want us to pray a prayer together. and We do this in Mexico all the time. I just want you to, with, with your eyes closed, everybody here can do it, okay? Just repeat this prayer. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come in the name of Jesus, and I pray for your forgiveness. Forgive me for sinning, Lord, being, being wrong. I invite you into my life. Today I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He died for me and he rose again. And from this day on, I'll follow him. Thank you for your love. Come into my life. Heal me. Deliver me. And save me. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 If you did that, if you prayed that for the first time, you can raise your hand, okay? And just tell me. Let's do it right where you're at. Tell me if that was your first time praying that. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. Awesome. That's what everybody here is praying for. <laughs> and um, so God bless you guys. Thank you for letting me use your stick.